0: Tim. I was waiting. There was a dramatic pause there. I was hoping that somebody would say something like that. Thank you, Adam. Well, that's two of you. Good. Well, it's good to see both of you and the rest of you as well. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, well, as Tim said, I've been in Turkey this week at a gathering of uh, New Frontiers Apostles and other key leaders from around the, uh, the, the world uh, representing New Frontiers teams So there's been a gathering of those who are working with uh, groups and uh, families of churches uh, under the New Frontiers banner right across the world. And uh, it's been an excellent week. I have to say it's been superb. Uh, It's been a real privilege to be there. And uh, it's just been a great time of gathering together. And we're looking at what we do together in the future. And uh, looking at what partnership means for us now. We've had some great teaching. Thank you, Tim. Some great teaching on contextualization and reaching different cultures with the gospel because many of us are now travelling in and out of other nations and other cultures uh, and we've been learning how to communicate well uh, in those sort of situations. Uh, so it's been a good time. As Tim said, I got back about midnight and uh, so this uh, might be short but probably won't be. So it's been a real privilege to... Um, to be at this gathering of New Frontiers uh, leaders this week. One of the guys, this, this, is, this is brilliant. So, so one of the guys, Edward Berea, leads an apostolic team in Kenya. And uh, so this, these are all New Frontiers teams, all in partnership and working together. And uh, Edward has a TV program that goes out right across Kenya And uh, so he does this little intro before his talk, he does it to camera, so there's somebody filming him, and so he does it to camera talking and welcoming his TV audience to this conference and then goes on to talk, this is incredible, you know, speaking to potentially millions of people right across that nation, and uh, it's these sort of people that we're partnering with, that we're part of. Our little part our New Frontiers is called Christ Central, and uh, we're working with well over 100 churches uh, in many different nations and uh, Jeremy and I were there, Jeremy and Anne and I were there representing uh, what God's doing with us. So it's just great to be part of a bigger family, isn't it? It's not just us. It's not even just us in Christ Central, but uh, it's us in the New Frontiers family right across the globe and us playing our part uh, in, in the great family of God with other expressions of, of what God's doing uh, around the nations. So that's been my week. That's been good. Um, but we come back this morning now to uh, look at uh, the, next, uh, the next part of our series, which we've called Removing the Rocks, Removing the Rocks. And so in recent weeks, we've been looking at some things that can act like rocks in our lives. We've been looking at what can get in the way of God working in our hearts. Just like a large boulder or rock can get in the way of the flow of a river, there are things that in our, our lives can get in the way of what God wants to do. And so over these weeks we've been looking at what some of these things are and uh, we've been giving them to the Lord and asking him to deal with them. Uh, because the Bible uses the imagery of a river very often to speak about the presence of God, the flow of his presence, the, the move of his spirit. And so it's a good analogy for us to use. It's a good picture for us to use. And we've looked at a number of different things in this. We've looked at unbelief. We've looked at fear, unforgiveness. And now this week we move on to our next rock, which is called pride. Pride. So let's pray and let's ask God to speak to us this morning. Lord Jesus, we thank you once again for your presence with us we thank you for your word to us, and we, we pray now, Lord, as we spend these moments together looking at your word and listening to your spirit, we pray that you would speak to us, please. And Lord, this, this rock of pride that is so easily to get into our lives, Lord, if it's something that is, is clogging up in our hearts, what you want to do, I pray in these moments as we look at it together that, Holy Spirit, you would be speaking to us and dealing with our own hearts, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so pride then. So I've referred to before, I've talked about other occasions, how pride can get in the way of what God wants to do. Now, the Bible writers knew this well. So listen to these couple of verses. For example, Psalm, uh, Psalm 10, verse 4. In his pride, the wicked man does not seek him, does not seek the Lord. In, his, in all his thoughts, there is no room for God. Psalm 101, verse 5. Whoever slanders their neighbor in secret, I will put to silence. Whoever has haughty eyes and a proud heart, I will not tolerate, says the Lord. The pride is clearly a big issue to God, isn't it? New Testament writers refer to it too. Both Peter and James quote from the book of Proverbs. So 1 Peter 5 verse 5 says this, As as all uh, all of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. And then quoting uh, Proverbs 3 verse 34, Peter says, God opposes the proud but gives favour to the humble. God opposes the proud but gives favour to the humble. So let's, we're going to look at this morning, how does pride get in the way, and how do you deal with it? How do you deal with it? If there's a rock of pride in your life, what do you do? Well, pride can get in the way of what God wants to do, because pride says that you're self-sufficient. Pride says that you don't need God, that you've got it all together, and you can do it. And you don't need him. You don't need his grace. It sets you up as more important than the Lord. Listen to what Jesus said about it in Luke 14, verse 11. Luke 14, verse 11. Jesus says, For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. But You know what? It gets worse. If you're not humble, if you're proud, the Bible says that actually you're opposing God. You're opposing him. James 4, verse 6. But he gives more grace. Therefore it says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Think about it for a moment. Do you want to be opposing God? It's not a good position to be in, is it, really? Think, you know, think about what that would mean for you to be in opposition to, opposing the Lord God of heaven and earth, the creator of everything you see around you, everything that we don't see and can't see, and all the galaxies that are beyond us. God says if there is pride in our hearts, we are opposing him. That's a pretty scary thing, isn't it? We don't want to be in a position, I'm sure, where we're opposing God. So it seems to me that we have a choice. If you're proud, God will humble you. But if you're humble, God will lift you up. Which would you prefer? I don't think I need to take a vote on it, do I? I think it's pretty clear. If you're proud, God will humble you. But if you're humble, God will lift you up. So, I have come to the conclusion, after many weeks of study, contemplation, and prayer on this subject, that I don't want God to humble me. I don't think that's a, that wouldn't be a great outcome. It doesn't sound like a lot of fun, does it? Much better that I work hard at humbling myself rather than have God do it for me. Would well, you agree? I think, that's a, I think that's a better way forward. So so for me, I need to be checking my heart and saying, Lord, is there any pride in here that you need to deal with? Because I don't want God to be have to root, root it out. I'd much rather be going to him saying, Lord, I think I've found some. Can you help me to deal with it? Rather than me find myself in a position where I'm opposing God. That's scary, isn't it? I want God to be opposing me. I don't want Him to have to humble me. I want to bring my pride to God and say, "Lord, help me to deal with this rock and get it out." The Apostle Paul puts it like this: Romans twelve, verse three. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. In accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. It's like there are opposite ends of a spectrum thinking too much of yourself and thinking too little. On one end, you've got thinking too much. <laughs> and being proud about things. And on the other end, you've got thinking too little and not acknowledging what God has done in your life and what he wants to do in you and with you and through you. Do you notice how Paul says, for by the grace given me, it's a grace gift. Everything that God is doing in your life, it comes from him. It's not about you. It's about him anyway. It's his gift. It's his work in in your life. So it's not that, you know, you've done well and God said, Okay, well, I, I think I can use you now. Bible says that he chose you before the foundation of the world, before you had a chance to do anything good or bad he chose you, it's about his grace and his choosing anything that the Lord does with us is by his grace and because of it isn't it so we've got one end, thinking too much of yourself and being proud about it. On the other end, we've, been, we've got thinking too little and not acknowledging what Jesus wants to do in your life and with you and through you. In the middle is thinking with sober judgments. And that is where we should seek to be. Now, if I'm honest with you, I find this one tricky. It's right to be confident in who God has made you to be, and right to want to step out in the gifts that he's given you, but it's wrong to let it go to your head. So I tend to veer towards one end of the spectrum most of the time. My natural inclination is to either go this way or go this way. And uh, I've had seasons of my life where I've been at this end and uh, God has had to come to me and deal with my heart and I've had seasons of my life where I've been down this end and God had to come to me and deal with my heart. Either way requires God doing some stuff in me and with me. So I need other people, listen to this, this is important, I need other people to help me get a good balance. Because on my own, I'd either go this way or that way. But I need other people around me who can help me get a good balance. This one is really hard to get right on your own. I don't think you can. You can only get it right in community, with honest conversations with people. I remember when (coughs) God first spoke to me about moving to Derby and starting what has become Jubilee Church. I knew God had spoken, but I really struggled to express it. It just sounded so arrogant. Who was I? You know, why me? You know, I haven't got some great history in church planting that God could think, oh, okay, we'll, we'll let him go to Derby. And I, I struggled to express it. I thought, has God got it right? Uh, and I had to have friends come to me and say, no, no you need to speak it out. What well, God has said to you, you've got to speak it out. You've got to go for it. You've got to communicate it. You, you, you've, got, you've got to live in the good of it. And I, I needed friends help me to get that right. When things are going well and, you know, opportunities come, again, I need friends around me to make sure it doesn't go to my head. So I was sitting in a restaurant in Turkey this week with a senior leader in New Frontiers, and we were just talking about some leadership things, and I was learning loads. I mean, if I had my notepad with me, I could have filled it. It was just gold. It's like I flicked a switch on him, and suddenly he started talking, and there's all this wisdom coming out. It's great, you know. And uh, just, learnt, just learning loads. And I said to him, you know, I, I, I'm looking around thinking, what am I doing here? How did I get here? You know, how did that happen? He reminded me that actually it's about God's grace. It's his choosing. It's not about me. It's about, it's about the work of God. It's his, his grace. And he also reminded me that actually God calls us to be faithful in the small things. And other things might open up to us, and He may bless us with other things. And so, God calls us to be faithful in whatever He's given us to do. But we need to get it right and not let it go to our head, and, but not deny it at the other extreme either. Does that make sense? Have I communicated that well? Is that, is that You got that? Okay. So, I've said, haven't I? Uh, this one is this one's hard to get right on your own. So, like allow other people to speak into your life. I need that. You know, I, I still need that now. I need other people to speak into my life and help me with these things. I think you do too. I think all of us do. So, pride is often seen in the form of self-reliance. Thinking that you can manage, thinking you can cope, thinking that you know best. And many people would say that this is rooted in an issue of identity. Not knowing who you really are. We've talked a lot about this recently, haven't we? Knowing who you are in God. Knowing that you're a son, a daughter of the king. And it comes up in this one as well. I've been reading around the subject lately. And I've heard this issue of pride and self-reliance referred to as living as a functional orphan. It's a strange phrase, isn't it? Living as a functional orphan. Let me explain it to you for a moment just quickly. You're not an orphan but you live like one, spiritually speaking. So you're not an orphan. You're a son or you're a daughter of the King of Kings. But you live like you're an orphan. You don't live like you're a son or a daughter. You don't really know who your father is, and therefore you don't know who you are. And if this carries on for too long, you learn to get by on your own, or at least you try to. And then what happens, you get proud of your getting by on your own. You get proud of your self-reliance. You think, oh, I, c- I can manage it I'm good with this, I can-, I can just get through. You know God's truth, but you don't live in the good of it. Does that make sense? So that's what it means. You might read that sort of phrase in books. Say, what does that mean? That's what it means. Living as a functional orphan means not knowing really who you are, not really knowing your identity in Christ, not knowing that you're a son, not knowing that you're a daughter of the King of Kings, knowing God's truth but not living in the good of it. That's what, that's what it means. And it reminds me of a story that Jesus told about the prodigal son. Some of you may be familiar with it. At least we call it the story of the prodigal son. And it's a a story of a son who asked for his inheritance early. And that that was shocking. For for Jesus' listeners, this was a shocking story. It was like this younger son basically saying to his father, Dad, I wish you were dead because I want your cash. That's that's what they would have heard by it when he asked for his inheritance. And so you've got this story of this son, a younger son who asks for his inheritance early and then goes off and wastes it. But when he comes to his senses, he comes back home. He comes to his father and his father runs to him and forgives him and he welcomes him home. It's a great parable. I've preached from it many times. I love the story. I'm sure you've heard it or, or maybe read it for yourself. You can walk away from the Lord, but when you turn around and come home, he welcomes you with open arms. Hallelujah. It's a good story, isn't it? And it's a a picture of what God does to us. We walk away, yet as we turn back to him, he welcomes us home because of what Jesus has accomplished for us. Forgiveness flows as Jesus made it all possible on the cross, and listen. Before we move on, if this is new news for you this morning, if maybe you haven't considered it before, then before I, before I rush on, listen. This morning, you can know what it is to be a son or a daughter for the first time. You can know what it means to be part of God's family. If you've never known it before, or maybe you've known it in the past, but you know you need to come home. This morning, there is grace for you. This morning, there is grace for you. The Father's arms are open wide. He loves you, and he loves to welcome you home. That is normally our preaching point of that parable. And it's a good one. And if that's you this morning, then I want to encourage you, before you go, Talk to somebody about it. We'll pray a little bit, and I'll lead you in prayer, and you may want to respond to the Lord. But we often forget that this story has another character in it. If you've got a Bible with you, turn to Luke chapter 15, really quickly. Luke chapter 15, verse 25. Meanwhile, so after all this has happened, oldest, the younger son gets inheritance, goes off squanders it, comes back, forgiven, uh, welcome back into the family. That's my summary of the first bit. <laughs> Meanwhile, verse twenty-five, the oldest son. There's another character here. Okay, the oldest son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied. But when this son of yours who squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So we've got this other character, the older brother. What's his problem? Why is he getting so upset? Let me tell you. It's because he doesn't know who he is. He doesn't know who he really is. He has all these benefits of being a son. He could have had a party any day of the week. But he didn't. He was a son, yet he lived like an orphan, I guess. And so he gets upset at the celebrations that are going on regarding his brother. You know, he's the religious one who's followed all the rules but doesn't have the relationship. That's who he is. And then when there's celebration of forgiveness and restoration, he can't hack it, he can't cope with it. Because for him, it wasn't about relationship, it was about rules and obeying. He missed it completely. Friends, I wonder this morning, are you like that older brother? Do you feel like maybe you followed all the rules but don't have that relationship? So the truth is you can't have both. It's either rules or relationship. It's one or the other. You can't have both. It's rules or relationship, law or grace. Galatians 5 verse 4 says, You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You've fallen away from grace. So the Galatians that fell away from grace, Paul said, You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? You know, he, he, he was really angry about it. You see, the trouble with trying to follow the law is that, first of all, you can't do it. It's impossible. No one other than Jesus is perfect. But secondly, you begin to take pride in you trying to observe the law. You think, oh, I've got, I've got some of it this right. I, I'm good here. And pride gets into your hearts. You start comparing yourselves to others who you know don't follow the law so accurately. You start thinking, hey, look at them. I don't behave like they do. You know, I didn't do that when I went out on Friday night. You know, look at me. And pride gets into your hearts. That's what goes on. You start comparing yourselves to others. And this is one of the problems that the Pharisees, um, that Jesus had with the Pharisees. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, Jesus says in Matthew 23, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and all these spices and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. yeah, They were trying to cross every T, or every I, and in doing so, they forgot the most important things. And they made a big deal of their observation of the Lord, didn't they? They wanted everybody to see it, make a big show about it. Boy, was pride in their hearts. I wonder, is it a danger for you as well? If it is, today, is a day of freedom. Today is a day for freedom. God wants to deal with pride in our hearts. And you may have been proud of your position, proud of your ability, proud of the fact you've obeyed the rules. And if that is you, I want to ring some alarm bells this morning and say, listen up. Don't allow pride to get in your hearts. Don't give it a root. You know, I've told you before, for, for years... People would offer to pray for me to be filled with the Spirit, but I was too proud to accept it. I was too proud to humble my heart and say, yeah, you know what, you've got something of God that I haven't, I haven't gotten. Boy, do I need it. How stupid. How foolish. But it was pride that got in the way. You know, I urge you this morning, friends, if the Holy Spirit, even now, is putting his finger on something in your heart, if he's highlighting this rock of pride, don't be too proud to deal with it. Humble yourself this morning and ask God to come and deal with it. Ask him to remove it. See, I think pride is a danger too when we start to see some success, start to get a reputation for something. You begin to think it's down to you. It can go to your head. It's a dangerous time. We need to make sure that we're asking God to deal with our hearts and staying humble before him. Don't be hard-hearted this morning. Let God in. and Allow him to shape you and to deal with your heart. So, as we begin to wrap up, how do you know if you've got this rock of pride in your heart? What are the signs to watch out for? Let me give you some pointers. I don't think this list is exhaustive, but here are some pointers that maybe will serve you. What are the signs to look out for? Well, you look down on other people who you view as not as obedient to the Lord as you are. You think that you're better than others. Or maybe you're jealous of other people's success. And think, why have they got success? Why have they been promoted? Why haven't I got that? You're more interested in the rules than in the relationship. There's some signs to to watch out for. And ask those who are close to you, do you see pride in my heart? Those of you who are married, your spouse can help you here. Maybe another close friend if you're not married. Ask, oh, sir, so do you see any pride in my heart? Listen, it might be a painful conversation, but what's the better deal here? Having a difficult conversation with a trusted friend or having God humble you? What do you want? You know, a few moments of pain and a difficult conversation. You think, you're right, I need to sort this out. And asking for God's grace and him coming to you and giving you his grace to deal with it. Or do you want God to have to come to you and humble you? It's much better to have a little talk, isn't it? Do you agree? So ask someone close to you. Do you see it in my heart? Another sign to watch out for, I think, is a lack of joy. A lack of joy. A bit like the older brother. Think about all that he had. He had no joy, did he? No rejoicing about his younger brother being found again. He was as good as dead, yet he'd come back home. His father, you know, throwing this massive party and celebrating. There was no joy in the older brother's heart at all, was there? A lack of joy is sometimes a sign that you've got some pride to deal with in your heart. So if that's you, then what do you do about it? These are my closing thoughts. Perhaps the bag will come up as I this to land what do you do about it firstly repent and be specific now come to god and bring it to him ask him to deal with it ask the holy spirit to help you conquer this area and give you a soft and a humble heart and be open to other people's input allow other people to speak into your life Cultivate those sort of relationships where somebody can speak into your heart and speak into your life and help you with it. Have you got that sort of person in your life who can do that? Who you can ask? Very rarely, very rarely do people come to you and say, Hey, I see some pride. We need to deal with it. It doesn't happen much, does it? Even if you're really proud and even if you're carrying around this massive rock of pride and you can see it all over you, very rarely do we go to one another and go, I think you might have some, something to deal with here. Much better that you go to somebody else who you trust and say, hey, can you speak into my life? Do you, do you think this is an area that I, I need to work on? Do you, do you spot anything that maybe the Lord needs to deal with? Ask for that input. Ask for that. I remember the first time uh, years ago, you know, I remember the first time I made myself vulnerable like that to somebody. And, uh, and saying, is there anything you see in my life that you think the Lord want to deal with? I didn't expect him to say anything. I expected, I, I expected him to say, you know what, you're doing good. It's all fine. And a few weeks later, he said, Graham, you know that conversation we had? I went, yeah, I remember. <laughs> Quite proud of my humility, really. Dangerous sign. Dangerous sign. He said, Graeme, I think there's something you need, we need to talk about. It wasn't an easy conversation, though, I'll be honest with you. It's difficult. We talked about something, we prayed together. God dealt with it. Much better that, than I'm going around causing damage to people all the time. Same with this issue of pride. Much better we deal with it and allow God to come to us. So be open to others' input. Allow others to speak into your life. And then finally, cultivate your relationship with the Father. Give time to it. Allow him to come to you. Allow him to minister his grace. You know what? His grace is sufficient. It really is. It really is. His grace is sufficient for you. His grace is sufficient for you this morning. His grace is sufficient for you if you're coming to him for the very first time. His grace is sufficient this morning if you've effectively run away from your relationship with the Lord and this morning want to come back to him. His grace is sufficient. And you know what? His grace is sufficient to deal with any pride that might be in our hearts. Because he wants to deal with it, friends. and He wants us to come to him and allow him in. Allow the Holy Spirit to work. So you up for that? Let's stand, i we're going to pray together, and then we're going to worship. And, uh, and as we worship, I want to encourage you this morning to be open to the Lord. Be open to what God wants to do. Just before we pray or sing, let's have a moment of quiet together. And just in your own heart, ask the Lord, Father, is there anything you want to speak to me about? Is there anything that you know what <laughs> you just see in my heart? Is there any area of pride that you see in me that you that you need to deal with? Just just ask him now in these moments. Ask him to come to you. Father, thank you that your grace is indeed sufficient. Thank you that the way on in the Christian life is the same as the way in. It's by your grace. And So firstly, for any this morning who either for the first time want to receive your grace or maybe just come back home after running away, like the younger son in the story that you told Jesus. I want to pray right now for any in that situation that, Lord, you would come to them right now. If that's you, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. You just repeat these words in your heart after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for your grace. Thank you that it is sufficient thank you Jesus that you died for me on that cross thank you that you took all my sin and pride upon yourself and thank you that you rose again and thank you because of your death and resurrection I can put my trust in you today and so Lord I say sorry for everything that I've done wrong I repent and turn away from it and choose today to trust and follow you. Thank you Jesus for your gift of new life. I receive it now in Jesus name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, just as we're our eyes are closed just, just raise your hands so I can see that this morning. I'd love to talk with you afterwards. I'd love to chat with you further and pray with you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your gift of grace. Thank you for your gift of new life. And now, Father, we give you ourselves and say, Lord, would you deal with our hearts? Would you come do some heart surgery on us this morning? Lord, if there's any area of pride in our hearts, would you come and root it out? Lord, we give it to you now and say, Lord, would you deal with it and take it away in Jesus' name? Right now. Right now, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Adam's going to lead us in a song if this morning you think, you know what, I've got a, either you've got you can identify something right now and you think, yeah, I just need to bring that to the Lord. Or you've got a tendency in your heart, and you know it's true. You know you've got a tendency in your heart to be proud about some of these things. of self-reliance, not knowing really who you are in God and thinking you can get through on your own. If that's you, then I want to encourage you and invite you come and stand with me in the front. It's a big step. I believe as you do that, God's going to break something in your life and set you free. I really do. I believe even as you take some steps forward, there's a humility in that that God will honour and set you free this morning. I believe it. I really do. I remember the very first time I went forward at a meeting to be prayed for, to be filled with the Spirit. It was in taking some steps forward, I was saying, God, I'm sorry for my my pride. I'm sorry for being, just allowing it to get in the way of what you wanted to do. And God honoured that. I believe God's going to honour you this morning if you take those steps. So as, as Adam leads us, we're going to sing, we're going to worship the Lord together you come and join me at the front and then I'm going to pray and then we'll be done. Okay? Jesus, thank you for Thank you for your work in our hearts, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you that you don't leave us as you find us. (laughs) Lord, you welcome us in whatever state we're in, whatever mess we've made, whatever we've done, nothing is too difficult for you to overcome. And Lord, you welcome us home. But Lord, thank you too that your grace is sufficient to move us forward. And so Father, I want to pray for my brothers and sisters this morning. I pray, Lord, right now that you would come by your Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, Lord, where rocks of pride are being identified, where a tendency towards that has been seen. God, I pray right now, come and bring freedom in Jesus' name. And let your grace come and be sufficient. Lord, let your grace come and be sufficient right now, please. Right now, please. Oh, come, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit if you're part of the church and you're used to praying with people can you come now real quick please and just come and lay your hands on these guys and just pray for God to uh, to meet them where they are we're going to sing this song through uh, again the rest of us we're going to worship God and declare our love for Him you might, might want to ask really quickly what it is this is not a long time for an interview okay just ask real quick what it is they're responding for and then pray pray for God's blessing pray for God's blessing and they've taken steps of faith this morning and those of you who have come forward I want to bless you in Jesus' name for taking those steps of faith and humility God will honour you for that I promise you God will honour you for that thank you Jesus yeah come by your spirit Lord come and bring freedom from this rock of pride and let your grace come and be sufficient in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk and come along on any Sunday morning.